tip. Good afternoon. It is July 4th, 2022. You're listening to a little column A, little column B, hosted by Will Limanos and co-hosted by Zach Bishop. How are you doing today, buddy? What is going on, Will? Happy 4th of July. The man did again. Joey Chestnut, 15-time hot dog eating champion. He made it through COVID. He overcame a broken leg. He overcame a protester trying to get in between him and his hot dogs. Briefly put the guy in a uh, in a chokehold. Didn't slow him down. Uh, was way under his uh, his record, yet still beat the uh, the competition. Wasn't even close. Won by uh, I think it was just under 15 hot dogs. I, he, he continues to impress. He might be he might be the greatest uh, competitor of our of our generation. Is, is there anybody? Is there anybody else? It, is it? I, I just wish he had a rival. Early in this, it was fun because there was there was a rivalry, and I think they they it alternated even. And now that's just it's not even a competition. It's it's just the Joey Chestnut show. Like I don't even know why other guys are walking up to even show up for this. They have zero sh- they have zero chance of winning. I, I think that's the only that's the only part about all this is really is entertaining is you're just watching to see if Joey can beat Joey. Now there was uh, an altercation, as you mentioned earlier, and I saw today even uh, Barstool had to put something out that they had to take back all the bets on the over because because he was he was bothered like somebody got in his way. Uh, another protest happened in the middle of the competition, of which he's quick to react. And you know, I don't know if I ever really put this together that a guy that can eat that much is probably a pretty big and strong guy. So because <laughs> he puts this this protester that just walks up on stage mid competition as he's got you know. I don't know. I don't even want to say how many hot dogs in his hands there, but he's he's going to town. He's doing he's Joey Chestnut. He's doing Joey Chestnut things on Fourth of July. Just just dominating the hot dog eating competition. And this Joe Schmo just comes up with a sign right in front of him on national TV, which is it's funny because he could have walked in front of anyone else and it wouldn't have mattered. No one even noticed. It, it's the only cameras on one guy. Uh, but either way, altercation or not, headlock or not, uh, I, I Joey Chestnut is a a dominant performance for sure. I I wish there was competition though. Uh, do you wish the, there was a rival like this? Haven't we seen this show enough? I, I totally agree that it is the it's not Joey Chestnut versus the field. It's uh, Joey Chestnut versus himself, and so it was almost a little bit of a letdown today. That's like, oh well, he only had sixty three. Like you said, he had some other uh, elements going on, but you know, power po- powered through. I'm glad that it wasn't more of an incident because. You could say, oh, well, this is like 4th of July, and, you know, this is an eating competition. Like, how serious is this? And, you know, it, it's 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 fun. It's not exactly like it's a, it's a Super Bowl, but, you know, it is their Super Bowl, and he's been training all year for it. And so for someone to tr- come in and try to try to ruin it, it you know, something could have happened. You know, what if the guy, like, punched him in the stomach or something? And, you know, if you throw up, you're, you're, you're disqualified. So I think that's the only way that someone could uh, beat Joey. And once again, that's just Joey beating Joey if he, if he uh, you know, hurls midway through. Uh, I always get excited to uh, watch the hot dog eating contest, and as soon as it starts, I'm always grossed out. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, this is so gross." I I can't watch it live. Like, if there was a reason to watch it live, I would. But there there rarely is now. I already know what's gonna happen. I I've already seen it. Like you, know, you said, you know what the, the 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 better part than watching, I don't know, it's like 20 guys just stuffing their face with hot dogs is the 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 entrances. They do a pretty cool job. The uh, the the MC. I'm not sure exactly who it is. But he has all this uh, like fanfare. He's got a little little nugget on everybody. And what I like is the jersey that they wear up. It's got their per- their number is their personal record on the back, so you know exactly 
who who is going to be even even close to uh to 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 joey you know you see a guy it says 32 it's like okay this guy you know he's good at the end that doesn't even matter but i think one of the impressive parts too is it, it wasn't like uh um this you know it, it's close for a while uh joey and uh, the the second place guy were tied at eight eight and then joey just took took, took off <laughs> took off and you know it was never it, th- this was never in doubt uh it i yeah I, I see the rivalry part of it but it's also cool too to just see just absolute uh dominant dominant performance year after year 15 times man he's 38 he's not a young guy anymore but you you were saying uh he i would say is a kind of kind of uh closer to to an average looking guy uh you know his build i, I think uh, i don't have his uh his stats in front of me, but I think, you know, when you actually look it up, it's like, oh no, he's kind of, kind of a bigger guy, but some of these guys, when they're doing the, the entrances, like one guy, uh, was a, uh, former, former military, former, uh, former WWE wrestler. And this dude was absolutely ripped. Like when you, you get a lineup, I don't know exactly what a hot dog eating champion looks like. I mean, I guess it looks like Joey Chestnut, you know, the best that's ever done it. But these guys like, these look like the guys that you'd see, uh, like at a you know, world's strongest man or something like that. And I, I, I don't know, it's not not quite the body type apparently. Do you think a guy like that that's that's just super jacked and ripped and entering this competition do, is is Joey Chestnut like his role model? Like is he the Michael Jordan? <laughs> or is he this has just, to be? <laughs> he really has to be of, of all food eating competitions. I, I'm ready to switch up the event, Michael though. Jordan only won six championships. I'm I'm ready to switch up the I guess, event. I mean, I guess you could you could throw in the uh, you know he he won uh, a national championship as well, but that's I, I saw it was funny uh, you, you know on Twitter someone says you know, Joey Chestnut wins fifteen fifteenth uh, uh, you know Fourth of July hot dog eating contest. It's like you know that's. Uh, X many more than like LeBron has championships and X many more than Tom Brady has Super Bowl championships and just all the other guys at their absolute peak. And he's just, he's like doubled them. Look, it's incredibly impressive. I I know he enters other food competitions and I just wonder if those are as much of a landslide as this one is. Cause I would be, I could easily be entertained one more time by this. And, and it only, it's really only a first watch entertainment, but, <laughs> I like the tradition of it, but it's it's just I already know what's gonna happen with this. I, I, I would be much more interested in tuning in and be like, hey, Joey's going against this other wing guy, and the other guy is like really good too. Like, <laughs> like you don't know what could happen. <laughs> it was cool where the past uh, two years because of COVID have not been at their, their their normal spot on Coney Island with all the fans and just la- last summer, you know, felt you know, felt much better than it did the the, the summer before where the you know the, the kind of the summer of, of no sports and seems kind of like no fun but just that you know another step closer to pre-covid just hey there are there there are fans there and you can watch it and they you don't even have that like ooh, should we be doing this oh well, like what's the mask situation it's just like no no like we're, we're, we're moving past this we're going back we're allowed to have fun we're allowed to you know just see joey chestnut you know people there's thousands and thousands of people there they're, they're chanting his name they're chanting him would you ever would you ever have any interest in going to see Joey Chestnut live in person? Like, like I can't imagine any other reason to go to Coney Island. I mean, I'm sure it's fun, but th- this is this is it. This is the only draw for me. But I, I can't imagine traveling on this day. It must be crazy. 
it's it, for the area. Going down that deep into Brooklyn on a regular day, uh, the the traffic, if you're at the wrong time, is not great. So today he's got to be on, on top of that, especially just the, the, the heat. I mean, it's 4th of July. You're dealing with 80, 90-degree days, and you're in, in, a, in a crowd. Uh, they don't really show it so much on TV, but I was kind of seeing on, on Twitter and social media that there are other competitions that go on. But like I said, for the hot dog eating and watching it on TV, it's pretty gross. So I don't know. I don't think it'd be any better in person and seeing other events and just kind of all back to back to back. Just kind of, uh, I think it would just kind of make me make me nauseous and might not be the most fun trip. Well, it may be the only show you're going to be able to see in Brooklyn soon because there has been some announcements made by the neighboring Brooklyn Nets. Last week we talked about Kyrie Irving, and then during the podcast we announced that Kyrie Irving had opted into his contract, and it seemed like maybe everything was going to simmer down for a little bit and that at least we were going to start the season with Katie and Kyrie going to be on the same team in Brooklyn. Something will probably happen midseason, but now Kevin Durant has announced that he wants to trade, and it's almost like he baited Kyrie into that. I don't know if there's anything to there or if this is just purely Katie doing his own thing as well. And the fact that these two managed to take this entire franchise hostage, have them do everything they could have possibly wanted, everything. They couldn't have catered to these two any more than they have. And then for them to just basically both get up and say, no, we want out. I mean, he's got four years, four years on his, he's, what are we, one year into this contract? It's The, the contract, I don't even think it has even started yet. I think that this is the, this year coming up is like the first year of his extension. I can't believe it's happening. It doesn't feel, it doesn't feel fun, and normally this should be a fun midseason topic. Like, oh man, this is great. We could see this guy in another uniform. But he's kind of done this a couple times, and I've seen these superstars get traded so many times over the last like three years that it's not fun anymore. This isn't news. This is just like catering to whiny babies at this point. This isn't like a fun, fresh take watching. Oh, let's see him partner up with this and see if that's good enough. Because I, I really don't care anymore what they partner up. I've kind of formed my opinion of Kyrie and Kevin Durant at this point, and there's not a whole lot I think they can do to change it. The, the fact that they're demanding out of here is, is just them playing into the roles they've always played in. It, now, the only thing that would impress me is they somehow stayed together and got it done in Brooklyn, which is what everybody didn't think they could ever do. <laughs> but sure, go ahead. Go join Go join LeBron in L.A. Or, or if you're Kyrie, and I don't know where Kevin Durant's going to end up. I, I wrote down a couple teams here. I can't factor in a package that seems reasonable for them that is out there right now. Now, it may just come out of nowhere, just like it always kind of does. You have no idea. There's a silent team that's been making calls that nobody's really factored in that you know maybe has a stronger proposal than anyone's willing to you know talk about. But the Rudy Gobert getting traded to Minnesota, which is another thing we have to talk about because – that just put the price tag on. I feel like it outpriced with Kevin Durant. It's, Durant's a different currency than Gobert. I, I, I don't know how anyone's going to pony up for that. Do you, do you have the details for the the Gobert trade exactly? Yes. All right. So just just to wager everything out and do a little comparison here, that this is Rudy Gobert, three time Defensive Player of the Year. He's got a couple years left on his contract. He's making super max money. He just got traded to the Minnesota Timberwolves for what? Okay. Prepare yourself. Malik Beasley, Patrick Beverly, Leandro Balmero, Walker Kessler, Jared Vanderbilt, 2023 first round pick, 2025 first round pick, 2026 pick swap, 2027 first round pick, 2029 first round pick protected. 
So five picks. It is five picks, and then Walker Kessler was their first-round pick this year. So essentially six first-round picks. So you could argue that it's six first-round picks. I mean, who who's going to give up that? And I don't even—I haven't even gotten to the fact of I don't know what what's in this for Minnesota, but they gave up everything, and and it's it's concerning to me that I I don't know they don't really have an out now, and they've really committed to this Colbert and and Carl Anthony Towns playing together. I have no idea how that fit is. It just seems really odd that there is no trial arrow of that. That we're just we're just committed to this. This is this is the future for the next couple of years at least because this this has to work. So that that's kind of concerning with all of that. And and I just wonder like what could you possibly offer for Kevin Durant if that's going for Rudy Gobert? Like what team is going to offer more than that? I don't even think it's like possible because Durant wants to go to a team that's going to be good right now. So you need good players for that to work. So normally you give all the picks, you know, similar to how the, how the jazz did, but I, I don't know exactly how many, but you can't just keep doing picks. Like they have the, the Stepien rule where you can't trade uh, draft picks in consecutive years. Uh, but there's also, I think you can only go out so far. Like I think it only, you only be able to go out seven years or something. So it's not like you can just go like, oh, like yeah, we'll give you the twenty thirty five and the twenty forty five. It's like they, they want to make sure that some franchise just doesn't completely mortgage their future for uh, a, a, a super aggressive win now move. So it, there's gonna have to be some players. I, I, you know, I was talking with you and we kind of do this as the as the players more and more demand the trades. Of at what point does a team just say no? No, we signed a contract less than a year ago. You're under contract for four more years. We're not, we, you know, we're not anti-player, but you know, at some point, we, we made an agreement, and you can't just walk away from it. It's we we made plans based on you being here. The 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 Rockets have the next similar to uh, this 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 Jazz trade, what they did before for for Harden. It's like they have the next five years of the the Nets picks. So if the Nets trade away these guys and they're terrible, it's not even like they can tank and just do a complete rebuild. Like they have to try to get some players back and stay competitive. All right. With all that being said, if you were Brooklyn, would you have accepted that trade from Utah or Minnesota? I, I think you have to. Like you don't have any any leverage. Like you just you just have to get something back. And the fact that neither of those teams was able to coordinate that Utah, for Kevin Durant, I, why why I didn't that happen? Like, if you guys were willing to give up this much for Rudy Gobert, why wasn't you wouldn't have at least shop this? You didn't call Brooklyn, wait an extra day. Like, this is announced very shortly after Durant and demands a trade. And I just wonder if you're willing to give that much up. Like, what if you just gave up a little bit more and you could have got Kevin Durant, or or you could have just gave up the same thing? I that's where I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, I wanted to get your kind of thought your thought process on this. You got traded Trader Danny over over in Utah now. He's he's made a similar deal like this when he was in charge of the Celtics. Is this a a reload move or is this going to be a, a a rebuild? So is this the first domino? You get rid of Rudy Gobert. Now you're looking for uh, somewhere to put Donovan Mitchell and looking to get rid of Mike Connolly and just you know strip down to the studs. Or is this hey we got some players in here. We you know our future is is looking pretty good with these picks. You know, we can always package these together to get guys and it's just like hey donovan you are the guy 
whatever was going on with Rudy Gobert, that never really seemed to, to work out uh, amazingly. And you, do you think it's they're going to be getting rid of him or they're building around him? I, I think it's a weird combination of I, I think – I think they are rebuilding, and I think they'll do great with all those draft picks, whether it's acquiring something for all those draft picks or just straight up drafting them. I don't know if Danny's the, the most reliable drafter, but I think he plays the, the draft pick trade cards better better than most. I mean, Danny wins the trades. We, we saw this in Boston. This is Danny winning the trade. If anything, I kind of think there's a backstory of him trying to screw up the value for Kevin Durant where they're not going to be able to trade him now. The fact that he offered this and, and made this deal happen it almost makes it impossible to trade Kevin Durant at this point for, for anything more than this. So like, I, I think he's like screwing with Brooklyn in some way over here. <laughs> that's, that's just funny for me. I guarantee there's some, there's something deep down inside of him. that's like, well, you could have picked Boston and you didn't. That, that might be taking a little shot there too. I, I, I just, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I think they're more at a point right now where I think you keep Mitchell and I think you build around him. It's still uh it's still an option. It's still an option to keep uh Donovan Mitchell. I don't know if you're in an entire rebuild mode. Yeah. Well to go back to the to the Kevin Durant news, that one really surprised me because you mentioned to start this off that we had discussed Kyrie. He was saying he was working on a sign and trade. Then it comes out, you know, right during the podcast after we spent more time than you wanted to on it, that nope, he's gonna he's gonna sign, which you know, looking back, it didn't mean for sure that he was going to stay. Like, he wasn't going to try to force his way out, or it didn't mean that the Brooklyn Nets still couldn't trade him, but it just seemed like, okay, there's going to be a little more time. But, man, I completely let my guard down. Like you said, it's like, okay, well, now they're together, and, you know, maybe they go for one more year, or there's going to be at least – there's going to be some time. And then it was a couple days later, and uh, I did not see the Durant news coming out. I thought it was going to be – Kyrie was the first domino, and then Durant was going to go from there. But I didn't think that – it was going to be more Durant was the one, you know, conducting this train. And that's the thing. He wasn't uh, one of the, the top MVP candidates just because he was, he was injured. But I know, like, throughout, listen to all the, the NBA podcasts and everything last year, the, it, he's still considered one of, the, one of the top guys in the, in the league. Like, the, the tippity-top, just the, the argument is not that crazy of, would you rather have Durant or would you rather have Giannis right now? Now that guy is going to go somewhere, he's forcing his way somewhere. And I mean, the the, the whole legacy and everything, you know, there's this perfect July talk. But the you know the two teams that he says he's interested in are the Suns and the Heat. So the two one seeds from this year. So, like, you you went to the to the Warriors, the super team, made it like a super duper team. We're never going to see anything like that ever again. And now you try to do your own thing. I, I complete failure. Is there is there any other way to say it? I mean, there's definitely injuries, but one playoff victory, one playoff series victory in three years, uh, last year getting swept. So I think it was only seven wins total over over three years. So now the next move is just, yeah, let me join one of those really good teams again. I want to do that. If you had to pick a team, where do you think Kevin Durant plays next year? I, I, I went through the league. I went through all of them. There's not as many options. Where, where where would I like him to go, or where do I think he ends up? Where do you think he ends up? I think he he ends up uh, basically at home. I think that the uh, the the Nets are going to try to play play hardball with him and see. Are you 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 were Simmons is a little younger, 
Durant is in his prime, but getting towards the end of it and say, are you really going to sit out an entire year? And I think they're going to, they're, so he, he's going to start the season on the, on the nets, but it is not going to be fun. You're saying it's not even just a year. It's, it's contract is four years. Yeah, no, that's not, but I think, I think that's how it starts. And I just don't think that he's going to sit out for four years, similar to the, the Simmons situation. But I think that the, you know, the nets, they, they worked with, with Philly, saw what happened there. And I think that they might just say, Hey, you know what? You're demanding a trade. Fine. Fine. You know, we, we don't want to be a jerk. You know, we want other free agents to come here, but we also are going to say, Hey, you know, we're, we're the, we're the adults in the room. We're not just going to just panic and get rid of you for pennies on the dollar. I got, I got three teams. I, I have no reason to, there's nothing to report here. There, there isn't any rumors or anything. There's just teams that I think might have enough. And if they could offer it, I don't think they, I really don't think any of these guys are going to do it. I, I think he's going to end up in Brooklyn, like you said, but it feels like they're really going to try and make this work and it'll probably come out of nowhere. It could be end up a random team like Indiana who's just in rebuild mode at this point. But I, I think Memphis has enough to do it. And I think that is who I would predict is going to go all in. And it sounds like they're really holding on to their young talent because I think there's, you got to play this well because the Celtics kind of fall into this trap of you constantly shopping guys and it's like, well, no, we're young, we're rebuilding. And then there's always this little dangle of bait out there of Jalen Brown getting traded for who knows, there's every single person out there. So I think if you're Memphis, you got to be careful that you don't do that. I wish Boston did a better job about that. But I also think there's a point where there's never going to be another Kevin Durant available on the market. Like when's the last time there was somebody this good? I'll, I'll give you Harden, I'll give you Westbrook, but Durant, this is this is another guy. This is the this is the the level here. This is the the best you could ever get. I think you settle for guys like Harden and Westbrook for the trades because they're rarely ever up as well. But this guy's never going to be up again, is my guess. But who knows? Maybe he just gets up and bounces around ten more teams. And that's that's got to be the concern for the these other teams. Of hey, you you know you wanted to go to the the Nets. You wanted to play with Kyrie. You wanted to do your own thing. That was the plan. It didn't work out. Now you want to go somewhere else. Well, who's to say one of these teams gives up uh, a jazz level of assets for him in a year or maybe two years to just go, eh, no, I don't like it here either. And just just leaving just, just chaos and just ruin behind him. All right, so how is this an issue in the NBA, do you think? Like, like is this officially a problem now? Four, four years left in a contract. This is basically signing the contract and asking for a trade the next day. I think I think it is a problem. I don't know what the solution is, but I can definitely see the the owners and management getting getting pretty fed up with this and saying, hey, you know, it's one thing if you have one year left and it wasn't what you expected, but, you know, you did put, you know, two, three years in and you just, hey, this isn't working out. Let's try to figure out something that works works for everybody. But for this one, it's like the contract like hasn't even hasn't even really started yet, and you're already forcing your way out. If if this just continues to happen, I I think that big rich guys like that they want stability. They want to know what what the future is going to hold. And for sure, you can't know everything for sure. But I got to imagine all the uh, all the Brooklyn guys said, oh, okay, we signed Durant. We're going to sign Kyrie next year to four years. These guys want to play together. We're going to line up their contracts. That was always the plan. And now for it just to be over, 
and now you can't go to the party and be like, yeah, I got, I got Durant on my team. It's like, well, what, what do you have? You know, you're not, you're not doing anything. So I, I think I, I, yeah. So I don't know what the solution is going to be, but I think that it's definitely going to be a sticking point in the, the next CBA. It's kind of weird to feel some sympathy towards all, all the GMs at this point, because this is just imagine this just drops on your lap. You have all this master plan where you have like a short-term plan and this long-term kind of goal that you're trying to get to. And, and then this kind of stuff just keeps getting dropped in your lap. Like, this is crazy. This used to be such a, a rarity, and the fact that it's happening so frequently, I think this is going to have to be, I think this is like the new GM interview question. of like, well, So what do you do when your best player demands for a trade? Because I, I, we really need to have this plan kind of mapped out. I think that's what you got to have a plan for, which is really weird in, in preparation that you, you're rebuilding this whole thing knowing that one of these guys is eventually going to have to leave. I don't know how you fix that. I don't know how you win for that. And I don't know how you lose your job over all that as well. Like the, the whole this Brooklyn's going to, if these two guys get traded, I imagine they're going to clean the whole house. Everybody's going to go. I, I think Nash is going to lose his job. And I don't know if that's fair either. I, I actually think Nash has done a reasonable job. I mean, he, none of these guys have been healthy. None of these guys played together. They obviously have been very difficult. And this is just what we know. Imagine the behind the scenes. I, I just anticipate it being way worse the pickiness that we're hearing just on the outside who knows what it's like on the inside so I, I think it's just unfortunate for all of it but as a Celtics fan <laughs> as a Celtics fan oh man you know we can we could cheers a couple times over all of this this is this is great man I mean just just a couple months ago we were terrified to play these guys in the first round we end up sweeping them and Mel- or not not Malcolm uh Milwaukee didn't didn't put forth like their best effort. I'm going to say towards the end of the year because they wanted to avoid Brooklyn. And now it sure seems like Brooklyn is not going to be a concern for the foreseeable future. Now I don't, depending on where those guys go, it seems like Kyrie and the Lakers are the things I'm hearing, hearing the most, which is just so funny of Kyrie and LeBron getting, getting back together. You know, I don't know how they, they pull that off, but you know, they'll figure something out, but just still that wherever Durant goes, it's going to move the needle a ton. So just like, yeah, get him out into the West let let Curry and the and the boys have to deal with him, and we we already got Giannis. We got to deal with yeah. You 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 take him out there and you deal with him. I can't imagine them actually dealing him anywhere to the east. He's not going to Philly. As much as Philly thinks they could pull this off, there's no way. I just there's just no way. And then Miami's. I I don't know how you don't get, include Jimmy Butler in there, and you can't trade for Bam because of the contract and because of Ben Simmons on the team. I just, I just don't see it. I mean, Pat Riley, if anybody could figure this out, I think Pat Riley could. I just, I, I don't see it. There, there's going to have to be some new genius, a third team that's going to be so freaking generous to make it all possible, and that's going to frustrate <laughs> the hell out of everybody. I mean, like, they really couldn't do it. They could only do it if they just, you know, put a gun to the head of the team that doesn't care about anything and just watch to see the world burn while Durant joins the number one seed in the East. But all right, enough, enough hypotheticals with all of that. I, I think. I think Evan Durant is going to play for Memphis next year is, is, is how I think it's going to play out. But we'll see. We'll keep an eye on it. We do have some actual official trades that did happen as well as some actual signing. How about we start with the, the Celtics talk here? You mentioned uh, Malcolm right. Brogdon is going to be a Boston Celtics, and I hear we got him for next to nothing. So I have it. I have that up as well. Uh, the Celtics get Malcolm Brogdon, and the Pacers receive – Daniel Tice, Aaron Neesmith, Nick Stauskas, Malik Fitz, Jawan Morgan, and the 2023 first-round pick. I love it. 
I'm all in on it. I think this is fantastic. Everything you just mentioned, none of those guys helped us get to the finals this year. None of those guys were going to be as helpful getting us to the finals next year, which is what we're trying to do. Now, Malcolm Brogdon, you're going to pick at all the injuries and all of that, but I'm telling you, we just gave up a whole bunch of things that we weren't really using to get to the finals, and if Brogdon ends up being hurt, well, we weren't really using him anyways then. It's, it's only a gain, and if it works, it works really well because he's a big guard that can shoot the three. He's a great free-throw shooter. He can also drive. That's another thing. that We, we don't just need a spot-up shooter as well. It's, it's nice that we get a ball handler out of all this. We can switch everybody on the defense like we were. That's the hardest part and what was so victimizing, essentially, of, of Kemba and Kyrie and all these IT four, uh, Isaiah Thomas, all these systems where it's, if we could just have one of those guys that wasn't a weak link out there, like when we have Smart, Brown, and Tatum all switching, we're awesome. We're a very, very dominant, unique defense. And I think Adam Brogdon, who can fit within all those roles, whether it's off the bench or starting or filling in or however, I just think it's another good body that will probably be hurt for some portion of the season. But when he's out there, I think it's going to work really well. And I, I think he's at a point of maturity where he could accept whatever role we give him in Boston and be really excited for it. I, I love this. I'm really all in on it, but I, I know you have a, a little bit more of a unique opinion, so why don't you counter me a little bit? Well, I found out about it from uh, from from you. I uh, On Friday was at a, uh, at a theme park, so just kind of hanging out in line, and actually I have no idea why, but there were very few lines. So normally it would have been hear the news from you, you know, look into it, but it was more of, I was kind of, you know, out, out and about. So just kind of, you just, the, the initial thought I had was like, Ooh, I don't like this. Local Brogdon's been available for a while. Uh, and then when you just read it off, it's just like, it's six things. We give up six things for one guy that's hurt all the time. Uh, but as of let it marinate, uh, you know, the, the Tice reunion was fun, but when it really came uh, crunch time, he, he, he didn't really play. We're definitely going to need to get somebody, I know we did. Uh, we signed Luke Cornett for two years, so he might kind of be the, the the Tice role of hey Horford's resting and Rob's got you know uh, you know sore sore knee because we, we do need somebody to throw out there. But then we can always just go go small as well. I feel like we gave up on on Neesmith, uh, a little quickly, and then I was like, oh, we're giving up another first round pick. Like, we gave up a first round pick this year for uh, for Derek White. It's like, but. After after let, let, letting it simmer for uh, for a couple couple days, actually going through looking at it, I realized it was kind of more my perception of it than what it was, and just realizing we were in the finals, we were competitive in the finals, and last year, you know, midway through the season, or, you know, year and a half ago, we were at the uh, we're gonna need like some some more things you know we want to make sure you know save everything so we can make the move but we're not like the the up-and-coming team anymore like we're the contender now and these are the type of moves that you make when you're the contender there's there's no real reason to hold on to your first round pick because even if we hold on and we made like the best possible pick that you know really hoping we're gonna be really good next year so it's gonna be 28 29 30 that guy's not gonna be able to help the following year and it sure looked like Neesmith wasn't going to, you know, quite make that jump yet. And as I kind of listened to the pods and listened to, you know, read the articles, you're realizing we gave up six things. But like you said, six things we weren't really using. And we didn't touch any of the actual guys that played. Grant's still there. Derek White's still there. You know, obviously none of, like, the the, the real, uh, you know, core was there. And like, yeah, like you just said, he's 6'5". Uh, 
if, if, if he's hurt, we didn't have him before. If he's healthy, it's like it's all gravy. It's going to be all gravy. We could still run that. Everybody switches. He's not going to be a guy that gets um, that gets picked out, just abused uh, re- repeatedly. I, mean, I, mean, I don't think he's like the best defender, but I think with our team, just when you have Rob behind him and you have the, you know, just the system, it, it's going to be fine. It's not someone, you know, when we had IT, it's like, we have to hide this guy. We yeah. have to do like all sorts of crazy, like man slash zone and switches and everyone has to be like on point or it's going to fall apart. So initially I didn't like it. I've, I've come around to it. I think that it's a, it, it's going to, it's going to be good. Dude, it's going to be so awesome to not have a guy out there that you can't, like, you don't have to worry about on defense. Like, we're just going to be staying in games just because of our defense, which is kind of what we were doing last year. And then when the offense was good, we won. You know, I don't know. That, that, that's that's all we got to do. We got to hold all these other teams. I agree we still need another big, but I'm I'm okay with giving up Tice. I think we could, if anything, we'll trade him, trade back for Tice again in, like, two months. Like, like we did. Like, <laughs> I, I did hear the, uh, the, the Celtics guys joking about that, and then, it's it's always so funny because you know we're put, we're pretty plugged in and you had mentioned earlier how uh, Durant can't go to the Heat because Bam's there on like I don't even know it's something to do with like max deals and you can't have two of them and the the rookie extensions you can't have two yeah, or yeah it's Mac- the rookie extensions it, it's where it's just it's it's confusing and then as you go into it and just the you know, it's like, oh, yeah, we're, we're playing this game. And, oh, yeah, you make trades, and, you know, the, the salaries kind of got to be the, the same. And then there's all these little wrinkles and rules, and, like, you need lawyers. Like, you need to be a lawyer to read it, to understand it. And that was one of the things is, well, we can't trade for Tice. Or no, yeah, I don't think we could trade for Tice for a year, as well as if he was bought out, we couldn't get him back. It would be he'd have to get traded from Indiana to somewhere else to get bought out, and then we could grab him. But yeah, I, we we've already got the great Daniel Tice uh, reunion tour led us to a finals. Basically, you know, I, I think like you said, we're, we're gonna find somebody else. Well, speaking of buyout, we we also picked up Daniel Gallinari for I think just a year at six million, which is a great price, and he's certainly a little bit two older. Years. Two years, and even even better. I'm I'm happy with this. This is another shooter with a lot of size. He's maybe not the most um, I don't know intimidating defender, but he's he's not small, and and, I, and again it's like he may be he he may be the one guy you got to hide on defense at some moments, but I think there's other points where it's like well he is big, you know at least he's gonna have some size on somebody, so I'm I'm happy with that again another good free throw shooter another good three point shooter that we didn't we didn't even have to use the trade exception for we still have that in our back pocket so I don't know if we're gonna yeah, use it this is, this is a complete um just free agent signing uh yeah two years 13 million so six and a half i mean that's pretty much what you're going to pay for for a guy that could could actually play uh and i think having a a wing with some size he can definitely score he's also a guy that i think has a lot of injury injury problems but just a okay we can't have the jays play the entire second half of a playoff game it just it would be great but it's just not possible so to have someone that we can we can throw in and probably isn't going to you know be the main the main option but we saw what, what Grant Williams did and we saw what Derek White did it doesn't have to be every game it just has to be like different points i think you, you can really make a difference and you know i could easily see in the playoffs the where we we start off a little bit slow all of a sudden we put uh, Gallo in he hits a couple of threes and just you know jump start everything but 
I, I was definitely a fan. I think I've always just been a fan of uh, Gallinari. He came to the to the Knicks when when I was in college, so I was around a lot of a lot of Knicks fans. So I watched a lot of those games, and it just it's a fun name to yell out when he hits threes. So I I, I like that signing. Yeah, I'm happy. We got a heat check guy too. Uh, well, like you said, all these guys are going to come off the bench. We just need one of them to kind of have a game, and that that's the difference. Last year. I mean, just in the finals a couple weeks ago, if we had both of these guys, Brogdon and Gallinari, I, I, I think we could we could have won the finals with just these two. The two improvements on that would it would have just been enough. We were just spread really thin. I mean, we were we were relying on guys that just aren't scorers, I mean, whether it's Derek White or Grant Williams. I mean, they they had their games, they had their moments, but the guys we brought in now, I think we can put a little bit heavier workload offensively on them, and and they'll embrace it and hopefully be up to it. Uh, all right, moving on. We... One of the things, one of the things that I and, and that I got to take away from it is, is you're looking at it, and like you just said, finals was a couple of weeks ago. Since the finals till now, we're a better team. Where the the Warriors have lost Otto Porter, have lost um, Gary Payton Jr. They, they lost Gary Gary Payton Jr. So they have gotten so they're worse. I I mean. Probably, uh, you know, they're, they're young guys being unhurt and just getting better as, as young guys. It could turn out, you know, better for them of, hey, rather than this uh, older guy that's just, you know, filling a role, we got this young guy that's filling this role and could even go higher. So this all might come back, back to bite me. But I would say they are not as good as they were two, two weeks ago. As well, we know the Nets are, are not as good as they were, you know, months ago. So I, that's one of the things I have to remember is I don't think this is somehow a – Oh no, we're for sure pencil us into the finals next year. But overall, it's we're headed in the right direction. Yeah. Speaking of heading in the right direction, I I think we need to discuss how you rebuild a team at this point because what is what's going on in San Antonio? We we finally get our draft pick right. We finally got a guy that makes an All Star team, and we're just gonna shop him the next year. We're just gonna, we're just gonna get rid of him. We're just gonna move on. We're we're, we're in rebuild mode here. I. I I, I agree they got a really good value for Murray to the point where I, I kind of agree to it. But at some point, you have to actually start building the team, and you got to build it around something. And I, I thought Murray would be a decent piece to kind of build around. You know what they're going to build around? What's that? Big Victor from uh, from France. No, so they're going for next year. All right, that's fine. That's, that's an option. That's- I, I feel like they could have still been going for that even with him on the team. It's easier now. Well, they, uh, I got, I got this one up. So they, the Hawks got uh, Dejounte Murray and Jack Landale, and they gave up uh, Danilo Gallinari, who they they just bought out. Uh, twenty twenty three first round pick that's from Charlotte, uh, from New York, protected. Twenty twenty five first round pick, twenty twenty six pick swap, and twenty twenty seven first round pick. Man. The, the way the Hawks team is now, like they're young, I can't imagine they just completely crater with uh, with Trey Young there. But uh, like these picks, I could see being you know not not too shabby. And I always want to have uh, Minnesota Timberwolves picks. So I think part of these deals is also the teams that have them of just okay, you know, right now you got these guys and it should work out. But some of these, you know, twenty twenty seven, that's five years down the road. I mean, think what the league looked like five years ago. Well, like all the all NBA guys are all on different teams than they were five years ago. I I don't even think looking back five years is enough to say how much the landscape has changed. I think you just look in the past year where Harden has traded twice in one year. Like that changed. Like that happened just in the past twelve months where he was moved twice. 
and now it looks like Kyrie and Kevin Durant may get moved a couple times. It's just, it's it's the landscape is changing more rapidly. So to bet so much down on the line like that, it, it just seems so risky to me. For you know, I I don't know if Atlanta is like is Atlanta suddenly a championship contender because of this? Like I think they're a little bit better, but I mean, how much did the needle so. re- how much did the needle really move here? <laughs> Like it's a little yeah. bit better, but they're not. They're not. You know, they're not trying on rings yet. <laughs> you know, they didn't even make the fitting room. <laughs> this isn't. This is maybe second round if they're lucky. I, I'm happy for Murray though. At least he's gonna hopefully be on a competitive team. Versus, it feels like in San Antonio he would have been, you know, this this kind of uncut gem over there that's just you know waiting for something, not waiting for this deal really. All right. Uh, other than that, uh, any other signings you want to talk about? I I just want to mention the the Bruce Brown to Denver. I I think that's awesome. I I love the way the way Jokic plays. He just got to put enough guys that are good at cutting and finishing around him. And I think Bruce Brown is going to be an excellent off ball guy. Uh, sneaky sneaky fantasy player right there. All right, pick up pick up Bruce Brown. I, I I'm telling you, you're not going to deny that one. You're not going to regret it. Uh, another questionable one here. I want to touch on. Uh, shout out to Marvin Bagley. Jesus, man, huh? Cashing in on what? On what? The last fifteen games last year? We're getting getting. A, I was uh, getting the I mean, bag, I'm a Marvin, man. I'm, I'm a Marvin Bagley uh, fan, but was just surprised that they had uh, given him the the three year deal just with you know they just drafted a, a center. They got wasn't it last year uh, in the off season where the, you know, every time you looked, it's just they signed a different center. So it's just like, well, what was going on here? So it was just kind of surprised that they 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 went for that. We're just. I think he still has the the possibility to to become something, but just I don't know. Maybe, maybe they, uh, you know, for, for whatever reason, really thought they had to secure that. Biz- bizarre signing. I, in, uh, signings like that that I wonder with, like, who were they betting against? Like, did they just convince themselves that this is what we hope he'll be, so we'll pay him that, or or somebody like who who else was going to pay him that? That that's the my only thing about all this is like why like who else was going to pay him that. I, I can't find the team in the league that was like, you know what, this is what we need. Uh, one of the the scary ones for uh, Celtics fans that I very much uh, didn't like was Joe Ingles' one year deal with the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, that's sneaky. That's definitely a sneaky uh, veteran. That's gonna, yeah, be... you know, he's definitely he, he's he's coming off the injury. But anytime you get you add shooting around Giannis, it's just. Ugh, you I, know, I, I don't like that. You know what's gonna be extra terrifying too is I think. I think Joe Ingles specifically is is really gifted at passing, but not only just passing, but low post passing. So imagine all these lobs and just post ups he's going to be killing with Giannis now, and there because he, he can run an offense in Joe Ingles. It's he's he's very he's just a good passer. He's a smart basketball player. I think he'll fit very well in Milwaukee. And the, the, again, you just add him to that team, they they may beat us uh, without Middleton. You add Middleton and him. Now they got two ball handlers that can kind of score and control. And man, Giannis is just such a mismatch for everybody. Did you? Did you see who broke the the uh, the Joe Ingles news that he was going to sign with the Bucks? Mm, oh, was that the wife? Is that that? that yeah, one? yeah, I did see that. <laughs> yeah, that, that that was funny. Where she she posted it was like sources, like I don't know if it's like very close or like extremely close to Joe Ingles uh, announcing it's like CEO of the house and I can't remember what her name is. You know, are, are very happy with the with, with the with the move, and it was just it, it was pretty funny because then all the other guys have to go and you know announce it and say via sources or you know and then have to put her name in there just it's it just just funny uh any other free agents you want to, to mention right now otherwise we're uh, gonna... with, 
it was interesting that all of the I'm gonna call them premier free agents, all the ones for the the max, you know, really big, all of them signed with their with with their current team. There was no there there was a little hey, what do you think's gonna happen here? But pretty much everyone knew it. And uh, the ones I'm talking about specifically are, you know, Bradley Beal. He signs with back with uh, the Wizards. Uh, Devin Booker signs the big extension with the Suns. Cat uh, uh, signed the big extension with uh, with the T Wolves. Zion signed the uh, the big extension. I mean, Zion was uh, restricted, so that that one was a, a little bit different. But there was no there was no LeBron. Uh, you, you know, hey, where, where's he gonna go? Uh, John Morant, you know, another one restricted signed the the, the big Levine. extension. But Zach Levine, yep, that was that was another one. So just the guys. Getting like, a lot of money going out, but not a lot of oh um um Jokic Jokic getting uh, the the big extension, just all these guys getting a, a bunch of money, but there's there was no kind of mystery or hey what might happen. It just I I, I don't really know if I necessarily have like a, like a comment on it or not. But well, I mean listen listen to this podcast. We just spent forty minutes talking about how a guy with four years left on his contract is is asking for a trade. Like, why would you ever turn the money down at this point if you could just turn around and say, I'll take the money yeah, and right. ask for the trade tomorrow? Like, I guarantee every one of these guys had a, a talk with their agent where they were like, you know, I know the money is more here, but, you know, if I'm Zach Levine or something, I, you know, I can go walk into Philly right now. They're going to love me. I, I'll fit in. It'll be great. I'll get almost enough money, and, and I'll be over there. And I guarantee they told him, it was like, well, you still might be able to get there. Just take the money. You'll be in Chicago for now. Chicago things might work out as well, and then you know, and in a couple of weeks, we'll talk again. It's like, what do you? You could only lose money, and maybe a little bit of time, but eventually, it sounds like everybody's going to always get their way to somehow find a way to get to whatever team they want. So we do have some uh, some names that are still uh, free agents. Uh, James Harden. It sure seems like he's going to sign back with the Sixers. And it's just a matter of ironing out the, the the details of it. But the next one on the list is uh, DeAndre Ayton, where he's looking to get paid by the Suns, and the Suns are looking to absolutely not pay him. He's a restricted free agent, so uh, someone could sign him to to an offer sheet, and then the Suns would have the option to uh, to match it. I I'm, I'm just surprised that no team has done that yet, and just it just seems odd, you know. We're, it seems like all the moves have been, have been made and maybe it's the, the Durant uh, forced trade request. That's just kind of out there almost like, uh, you know, in past years when LeBron hadn't made his decision, no one wants to make their decision until that one goes. But is this, is this good for the Suns? Is this bad for the Suns? Uh, what, what are you thinking? I think the Suns screwed this up as like, this is such a mistake after mistake after mistake here. Of, of Like they may actually have to take the guy now which I think they were anticipating being able to sign and trade him for something. And I don't know if that's going to happen anymore because I don't know who's going to end up wanting him. And that sucks for him too, because the best thing for both of them is going to be to just stay there. And, and obviously he doesn't want to be there and they don't even want him there. So it's, it, it's, it's just a really weird situation. I, I see Utah has an opening for center. They just got rid of one guy. I don't know if this is certainly the upgrade that anyone is hoping for over there, but it's, it's a change. It's a little bit more offensive. It's still kind of defensive based. It's it's just it's really expensive to pay for somebody like Aiton when I, I think you can kind of try and find a you know, a Rob Williams or even a Daniel Tice type guy, just you know, talking about Boston wise, where Aiton is certainly significantly better, but I don't know if we need that much more of a contribution from that type of player rather than just finding, you know, your your guard play somewhere else. Um uh, 
yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I'm terrified that this ends up being the way that Durant finds his way to Phoenix, where it ends up being a centerpiece around Aiton. But that just doesn't sound good enough to me. Like, I don't think Aiton is is that good, and I don't think he's as valuable as as a number one pick anymore. Like, I don't think we're selling that on the resume. Be like, oh, he went number one. It's like, well, that doesn't mean anything now. He, he is what he is, and, and it's good, but it's not great. And and that that's why I don't. I think. Like I said, I think the best thing for him is to stay there, but I don't think he can stay there anymore. I, I feel like the the fence is the bridge has been burned. I think by both sides at this point, he's gonna have to move on, and it's gonna be bad for him and bad for the Suns. And, and it's just because of the Suns screwed this whole thing up. I don't think they handled it well, and I, I'm not gonna be shocked to see him end up. I on, mean, there has to even be something to it as well of telling telling Aiden like, no, no, we we uh, you know are trying to nickel and dime you, and then ahead of schedule, they didn't even have to do it, give uh, Devin Booker the, the max extension. I mean, Booker was a all-NBA all, all NBA guy, so it's like you can't – it's like after all-NBA, you're, you're MVP. Like that's the only higher award you can you can win. So I get like he's proved it, but I just, I just wonder if there's something going on with eight and they're just like, hey, you didn't even have to do it with this guy, and you already took care of him. Like why can't you just take care of me? Well, is it weird that – Detroit, which seemed like the main market for for Aiton here, just goes around and pays Marvin Bagley three years, like sixty million or something stupid like that. Like, I don't know how much it actually was. It was probably less than that. But I don't, it's, I don't think it was that much. I don't think it was that much. But it, but it was still a lot. And and I wonder if that if they had a budget for for Aiton being like, we'll pay you this, and they were like, well, we we don't want that. We want more. And it was like, well, that's all we're willing yeah, to pay. It was three years. Three years, thirty seven. All right. Yeah. So like, Aiton's gonna get a lot more than that, but. I I just I don't know if I would have rather pay Aiton a little bit more or Bagley that much. <laughs> that, that's I, that was the market for Aiton though, and once they made that move, as well as they did the trade for Duran during the year during the draft for uh, from New York. Uh, why why would you need anything more than that? I, they already have plenty of bigs on that team. Let's 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 focus on other positions. I just feel like we we've seen this in the past, and I I don't know if just the way the landscape is different. I know. Once the the TV money came in, everything's gotten weird, and we've kind of gone back back to what it was before. Of only a couple of teams have enough cap room to be able to sign a max free agent. Where you know during during that spike, it was like, hey, if these teams make just like this one little tiny move, they can have two max slots open, and it was just wild and completely new. Where now it's you know we're we're, we're reeling it back in. But I seem to remember pre uh, pre that jump. Like teams would almost kind of mess with each other a little bit, and so it's, hey, you're you're a restricted free agent. We're gonna sign this offer sheet, and we're like, it's it, maybe it's a bluff, maybe it's serious, but just to put the pressure on the Suns, I'm just like, hey, you're gonna lose your guy, and or you know, just to kind of force them to tie their money up, and then you know, just just to be at a, at a disadvantage. But it doesn't seem like they're they're doing that. Uh, one team I'm anticipating getting involved and in making some moves. I don't know what they're going to be, but they, they may try and you know do something. And they maybe have been trying to do something, but Dallas, who loses out on the Jalen Brunson uh, sweepstakes here, are, are going to have to do something. And I, I'm not sure. You know, Aiton is certainly the the winning prize here. I don't know if that's exactly the piece you want to add, but it's a, it's a piece you can add, and then you can move and try and get something else out of it. I don't know if that's an easier spot, but right now you just lost out on Brunson, and you'd be better off getting something to do something with rather than just nothing. You can't waste a Luka year. you got to be smart about it, which is what I think they're doing, but 
like you said, the market's drying up a little bit. There isn't a whole lot out there waiting anymore. So I, I, I'm curious to see what it's going to be. I'm, I guarantee they're doing everything possible to try and get Durant or Kyrie or whatever combination of them. Do you believe how ridiculous it was that those two still said they, they still want to play together, just not in Brooklyn? Like, who? Yo, that... Like, what? Because what, I kind of thought that's why, that's why Durant wanted out. Because it was just like, hey, you know, Kyrie, you know, they're probably still friends, but it was just like, you know, sometimes your your friends aren't necessarily the best business relationships. You know, you can still be really good friends. It's like, hey, you know what? Us working together is just, just not, not the best. And so... Yeah, I was pretty surprised when that news came out. And I think today the news came out uh, from Durant saying he doesn't want to go anywhere where there's not already two All-Stars. <laughs> I'm, I'm over this already. This is terrible. I want to make our own league where guys can do this, but I want to go back to where there's actual some loyalty of being a team fan of anything. Just, And I, I know the owners and, and all the teams, they make so much money that it, it's, it's probably not any better to be rooting for them, but... There's a consistency there that I I enjoy, and I'm I'm a little over all these these players just hopping over like it's it's a pickup game. Like like can we is that is that what it's going to eventually turn into? Are we just going to have 20 guys line up in a gym and it's a draft before every every basketball game now? You know, just well, I hope not. It's just it's just the random two teams that are scheduled to play each other, and we just pick teams before each game. You know, it's the it's the magic roster and the Brooklyn roster. And then we rename each team as they play. You know, it's just it just seems like we're getting in a closer direction to that where it's just random, random guys every year. And that they're we may not ever retire a jersey number ever again. Like, like those ceremonies, we're going to have to come up with something else. Like all these new awards that I, came up for the playoffs. They're going to have to come up with I, some I, other I, team I, ceremony. I think they'll still, I think they'll still retire. Uh, retire numbers. But rather than a guy being there for his whole career, it's like, yo, he's been here for Four whole year. <laughs> yep, retired. No, that number. You no, know, you know what it's gonna be. It's just gonna be. Uh, yeah, he 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 waited throughout his whole contract. Like he just lasted whatever years yeah. it was. He lasted like if Marvin if Marvin Bagley lasts three years in Detroit, they're gonna hang his number up in the rafters. Like that. That's didn't a, demand a trade. <laughs> didn't demand a trade. Oh, that's that's terrible. Uh, all right. Well, speaking of some big changes as well, the Big Ten has chosen to confuse everybody even more. Which I, is already twelve teams in the Big Ten, and now there's gonna be fourteen. I don't think that there's ten. <laughs> How many? Are, there was eight then. I, I, the Pac-12 has ten, and then this one. I, it, it's, it's, I don't know anymore. It doesn't make any sense to me. The, whatever basic background and knowledge of college divisions I had in my mind, it's, it's been blown up just as much as NBA free agency. So, what, what does this mean? Who's going where, and what changes does this actually mean? Like, what matchups are now going to become uh, a, a frequent? Okay, so on this is on the, on the heels of, you know, really not that long ago, the Big Twelve getting smaller and going and losing Oklahoma and Texas to the SEC. Then there was, at least for a little while, I think there was supposed to be between the other conferences, a sort of gentleman's agreement saying, "Hey, we're not going to try to go after other schools." Well, the Big Ten, I guess, kind of said, "Try and stop us." And so, one of those one of those things that's that's odd. Of there was no rumors, or I didn't really. It, it was, or like there there were the rumors, and then it was ten minutes later confirmed. Like, yep, this is absolutely happening. So, I feel like a lot of times with these huge new moves, you hear like a little rumbling and like ah maybe, and it goes back and forth. There's like no no, this news just dropped out of, out of nowhere right before Fourth of July. 
it, it's going to be weird because the Big Ten schools are mostly Midwest. So if you're, if you're unfamiliar, the Big Ten, you know, the top ones are going to be your, your Michigan, Ohio State, uh, Iowa, Wisconsin, you know, all these all these Midwestern schools recently, I don't know, in the past five or ten years or so, they've picked up Rutgers in, in Maryland. So Rutgers is in New Jersey. So that's as far east as they go. But now they're going to be across the country because UCLA and USC, both in Southern California, a lot of funny jokes on Twitter. Uh, The big tens kind of known for uh, ground and pound sort of football. Uh, So joking saying, Hey, uh, you know, these uh, California guys are going to have to uh, learn about fullbacks and just some (laughs) other jokes of, Hey, what happens when the Trojan quarterback shows up to Michigan in November and it's 10 degrees and he's never seen a cloud in his life before? Uh, what happens there? So a lot of, a lot of funny jokes. Uh, definitely going to be a lot of travel. You know, you're going from California all the way to you know, Ohio or Michigan. Just it's, it's a lot more. And for the football and basketball, it's like, Hey, you know, you're, you're, you're set. You got all the, the amenities, but it's gonna be super weird for you know, the, uh, the, lower down you know your your, your non-premier teams you know your, your squash team that now yeah. has to has to travel so far <laughs> i did i didn't even think of that part yeah that sounds that's gonna be ridiculous um frequent flyer miles for uh for the west coast teams for sure let's see uh what what is the real advantage of all of this then like it, i assume there's some financial gain out of all of this of, of being in this in this is it just tv money like what what is the real advantage of all this is just because it can't just be a, a change for the sake of change, is it? No, it's definitely definitely money related. The the Big Ten, the, those schools, they they're they're really big schools. So their fan bases are really big, and so a lot of this has to do with the, with the TV money. And USC and UCLA have had not had much football success recently, but they're both two pretty well known schools, both in football and in basketball. So as the Big Ten. Like these are names. Like, you know, you go to somebody on the street. Like, oh yeah, no, I, I, you know, I know, I know, I've heard of those schools. You know, maybe you know some some of the players. You know, to, to to varying degrees, but yeah, it's definitely definitely money. And this is not going to be the the last move. It just it just wondering now does the Pac-12 go and grab a, a Boise State or you know someone from one of the the lower conferences? Because there's even talk of some of the other Pac-12 teams leaving i think it was uh oregon and maybe maybe somebody else as you know possibilities but do we just get closer and closer to just more of a a super league and you have the upper echelon teams schools and then it just kind of goes down but it's just kind of one really big conference and almost kind of like pros of just hey here's the 30 team league these guys play each other and I don't know. I was I was hearing something about you know possibility for relegation. I just don't think that uh, America wants to deal with relegation, so I don't, I don't think that'll happen. But this is not going to be the uh, going to be the end. But definitely the the SEC and the Big Ten are getting bigger and more powerful, and any of the other schools or any of the other conferences that aren't getting other schools, it just it almost just seems inevitable that you're going to get swallowed up. Well, this is why we don't care about college football they don't even know what they're doing either they're just they're just jumping around like superstar free agents here just you know whatever just chasing the, the money. money just chasing the money and I, I just wonder how far away we are from 
does it make sense to split up conferences uh, by sport? Like if you are, you know, like I said, the non-revenue generating sports, it doesn't really probably make sense for you to be flying from Indiana to LA. You know, so it's like, okay, so maybe those have more of a, a regional regional conference, but these big sports that are making big money, you got like the football one and then, you know, the, the, the basketball is, is going to be making less money, but then you get like all the best basketball schools and you have all of them together. But you could have different conferences within the, within the same school, but in different sports. A lot of flexibility, a lot of, a lot of things that aren't going to really matter. We still got a real tournament for college basketball. We have something in college football it's close to a tournament but not quite a tournament so it really doesn't make too much of a difference for me uh but it was news worth saying i mean it's summertime this is about as good as the news is going to get for us we've been blessed with some crazy nba trades and talk and even our own team making some moves so we were able to kind of get through with this mid-july struggle right now of, of sports uh i watched some cornhole the other day that was a little desperate we talked way too much about hot dogs today uh <laughs> I don't know what else we're going to have in, in store for us next week, but we'll see. Maybe we have an announcement for some of these teams and these players and maybe finish up some more NBA free agency. Uh, anything the, else? Uh, summer, summer League starts on Thursday. Yeah, I, I saw that. I saw some Kings fans celebrating a Summer League victory the other day uh, as if they won a Minnesota playing game or something. But, uh, yeah, all right. Anything else you want to add for the people out there? No, I'm excited for Summer League to be starting, but uh, yeah, I, I don't think we're going to have quite a, uh, a jam-packed show as we've had the, uh, the past few weekends. Just always surprised how the finals end, but then with the draft and free agency, there's just still how much chock-full NBA news we have. But I got to imagine uh, you know, that, that Kevin Durant deal is going to happen, Kyrie is going to happen, probably one or two more wrinkles, but you know, we might have a podcast where we just don't exclusively talk about the NBA uh, <laughs> coming up soon. Wow. Man, I've been watching so much tennis. I love watching the tennis. It's great. I I, I don't really want to talk about it on the podcast. I'm by no means a – I'm not qualified for that. But I, I love watching it. It's great. It's on every morning. It's on all the time. Uh, we'll be back next week. Thank you, as always, for listening. Yeah, little column A, little column B.